0: But how do you afford this? All the travel? Do you have like a really good nest egg or are you doing like jobs along the way? Yeah,
1: so I so I I actually um obviously I write books, but I also
0: mm-hmm. yeah, tra- um I write, besides the book writing, yeah.
1: Yeah, I write um training materials. So I'm I mean, it's technically called instructional design. So I write okay. e-learning courses and you know, big presentations and normally classroom oh. training for okay. yeah. And, um, and I do it remotely. I've been doing it remotely for 20 years and it wasn't until it wasn't until the pandemic that I realized, like, you know, you
0: could literally do this anywhere in the world and still get paid for your job. Yes. Hey, readers and writers, welcome to episode 130 of Read and Write. Today we're chatting with author Suzanne Casamento about finding creativity in this crazy pandemic. Hi, Suzanne hi deb thanks so much for having me well thank you how are you today
1: well i'm i i'm doing great today um <laughs> <laughs> i'm uh, i'm actually i'm actually in dublin ireland
0: and that um, i'm
1: having a great time how about you <laughs>
0: I am not out of the country. (laughs) I am at home with my four-year-old. So yeah, probably about as far as Dublin as you can get. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) So before we get headed into our finding creativity in the pandemic, why don't you go ahead and tell the listeners a little bit about yourself?
1: Okay. Um, well, my name is Suzanne Casamento, and I am an author and newly a digital nomad. So, uh, which means that I basically, at the um, end of July, got rid of my apartment and my car and all of my belongings. And and I'm really, if it can't fit in a suitcase, it's it's gone. And I uh, I left uh, the United States. I went to the Caribbean for seven weeks a small island uh, called Bonaire, which was incredibly beautiful. And I got to snorkel every day and meet all sorts of fun people. And um, then I went back to the United States and I went to a bunch of different cities and States and, um, and saw family kind of all up and down the East coast. And then I came to Ireland. So right now I am in Dublin and I've spent the week, driving around the country, meeting all sorts of amazing people everywhere and <laughs> to be part of a bachelor party. And <laughs> I, um, what else happened? I, I just got invited to someone's art gallery and <laughs> all these incredible things keep happening. And it's just been a really awesome time.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I'm I'm envious, but also I'm like, I just think, wow, that's so brave. I don't know if I could ever really do that. I get what
1: you're saying because I didn't think I could do it either. <laughs> <laughs> um I was super scared to begin with. And, um, and I'm a totally woo woo person. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll call up my energy healer as any good Angelino does and say, uh, what should I do? Should I do this? Should I not do this? You know? And, um, and I, I asked her or or I actually said to her, I, I, I feel like I need a boyfriend or a friend to go with. (laughs) And she said, you don't need them. (laughs) Um, there's a difference between needing them and wanting them. And it's okay because you're going to meet them along the way. Mm-hmm. And if you're a little bit scared, it's all the more reason to go. And she was right. So it's been it's been pretty amazing. Uh, especially, you know, I spent about seven weeks in Bonaire and it was exhilarating and exciting and fun and beautiful. And it was also really uncomfortable and scary <laughs> and all the things that you need to grow. So mm-hmm. I really learned a lot about myself. And, and I've actually been kind of coming up with these travel rules as I go. Oh yeah, one of those. And um, it, well, like if it doesn't fit in the carry-on, it doesn't come. Mm-hmm. Because I actually checked a bag going to Bonaire and it did not arrive with me. And so oh, no. I got to this foreign country by myself, where, yeah, and 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 it was like basically, all the things I had in the world were in that suitcase. <laughs> so you're left with even so, a smaller suitcase um, now. That was rule number one. Yes, I'm in a smaller suitcase now. absolutely. <laughs> and um, yeah. And the next flight, i I landed in Bonaire on a Saturday, and the next flight coming, from the United States was not until the following Wednesday, and I was just praying to God that my suitcase was on that flight, and it happened to be on that flight. But oh, you know, for, for five days I didn't have any clothes, I didn't have a toothbrush, I didn't have, oh, I didn't have anything.
0: Oh no! And so it sounds like a traveler's worst nightmare. It was
1: crazy. I happened to have a friend of a friend, um, who, <laughs> who um, I had spoken to once before who mm-hmm. lived in Bonaire and I, her name is Jean and really just a, a, a lovely person. And she came to the airport that day, knowing that I was flying in just to surprise me. And uh, she ended up, Taking me, I was crying by the time I got off the plane because oh, I. No. by the time I got, you know, out to her because, uh-huh. you know, all my stuff was missing. It was a thousand degrees. I was sweating like I'd never sweat before. I was thinking, what did I do? Why am I here? You know, <laughs> and there she was. She took me to her house and <laughs> yeah, oh. she gave me a beer, a toothbrush, shorts and a t-shirt and um, and a bathing suit. And, and she was an angel.
0: <laughs> it does. That's what I was saying. That woman sounds like an angel.
1: <laughs> she really, she really is. She's an angel. And, and I've been meeting people all the everywhere I go. They seem, they seem to, uh, they just seem to come out of nowhere. It's kind of amazing.
0: That sounds so awesome. I remember there was a brief week in sometime in the summer in the pandemic where my husband and I were just kind like, of like, ah, and we had this crazy idea that we'd sell the house and buy an RV and pack two kids under the age of five in an RV with two large dogs. And then we quickly came to our senses. Ah.
1: <laughs> well, you know, you would be surprised to learn how many people are actually doing that. Uh-huh. One of the things that I did, so when I decided to be a digital nomad, I joined all of these digital nomad Facebook groups. Yeah. And, uh, especially female digital nomads, Facebook, groups, because I wanted to know, you know, where can women go alone and be pretty sure that they won't be mm-hmm. harassed horrendously. Right. And so there are so many families who, who have decided, I mean, they call it van life, but uh-huh. you know, RV might be a little bit better for, for, um, an entire family, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, with, with pets and kids in RVs going all over the country. And it's, I mean, there's so many of them. It's really incredible. Yeah. So
0: you're not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I felt pretty crazy right then when I was considering yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how is the yeah, writing isn't going? Isn't kind of cool
1: how, yeah. Oh, the writing is going. Yeah. The writing is going really well. Um, I've, I actually, in, in, after I made the decision to become a digital nomad, I I started a blog and uh and started really writing about okay, well, you know, here's what's going on and this mm-hmm. is why I'm going to do this and um and all the signs I, I was seeing along the way, I I was posting about them. So I've been doing I've been doing a lot of writing in that way. Um mm-hmm.
0: what's the name of your blog the by the way? Experiences
1: along the trip. It's at SuzanneCasamento.com. Okay. And so, so that's the my author website. So the listeners can jump in and there. read what you've yeah. done or where you've been. I would love that. I would love that. Um, yeah. And so and so it's really cool because along this Ireland trip, like on the second night, we um, got to Dublin and I took this trip with a friend. So I'm actually okay. not by myself in Ireland. Whereas in Bonaire and the other places that I've been, I've been by myself. Um, But we came into Dublin, and then we drove all the way across the country to a little town called Clifton, and um, we stayed at a castle there, the Abbey Glen Castle Hotel. And uh, we walked into the castle, and there were these two thrones in the in the. Uh, lobby. And I said, Oh, we got to get somebody to take pictures of us in those thrones, you know, Uh. and these two guys walked by us and they were laughing. And so, uh, so I said, Oh, they're fun people. They'll take pictures of us. Right. So, right. So that another rule came up, follow the fun people. (laughs) (laughs) So we followed the fun people and we said, will you take a picture of us? You know? And they said, sure. You know? And so we started talking with them, and they called over the owner of the hotel and the five of us ended up having dinner together. And, um, you know, one guy was a photographer and the other guy was a marketer and a musician. And then the, of course, then there's this owner of this castle and we're having this elaborate, ridiculous dinner with, you know, Prosecco and mussels and uh-huh. multiple bottles of wine. And with these total strangers and having a, incredible blast. And the, uh, the owner of the hotel said, said, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to give you the pictures. Maybe you could post them. And I said, are you kidding me? I'm going to blog about this whole experience (laughs) like Mm -hmm. and and link to your castle and all of that. So, so it's been, and I haven't, yeah, I haven't done it yet, but I will. And, and it's just been such a fun way to document the whole thing. Like the crazy night Mm -hmm. we spent in this castle with these people, and then ended up at some pub down in the, in the town, talking to the butcher. And I mean, you know,
0: (laughs) (laughs) this sounds amazing. It
1: is. It's amazing. And I think that there might, I think I might end up writing a memoir out of all of it. Uh I actually signed up for uh, a writing retreat in the summer in Greece. And, uh, and it's a memoir writing retreat. And I've never written a memoir. And I thought, oh, all right, well, maybe by the time it gets to June, I'm gonna have mm-hmm. a lot of stuff to write about. <laughs> it sounds like you have a lot
0: of stuff to write about maybe already. Leave all oh my these goodness. Crazy stories. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's nice but that you're documenting do it on the blog because then you it's kind of like you're taking notes along the way. And pictures and stuff. So if you do write your memoir, you have all the notes slash blog already there together.
1: Yes, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, oh, wow, this is sort of like I'm laying out the bones
0: mm-hmm. and uh,
1: and, it, and it may be really easy to put the book together. It might maybe even just be some polished up blog posts. I don't really know, but there's definitely some, something that's going to come out of this whole wacko adventure. <laughs>
0: So you've written a book during this pandemic slash trip, correct?
1: Yes. So my, my latest, um, my latest novel, all the moments in between, I actually finished it during um, sort of the middle of the pandemic, if you will.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, Last, I finished it last fall and I had, I had started it this was the weirdest part of writing process ever in 2016. I, I, I went to a, um, I went to an energy healer and, uh, and she was doing some energy healing work. And she said, Oh, you know, your, your root chakra is all, it's all blocked up and I'm going to unblock it. And, and then, you know, you're going to, you're going to feel creative. You're going to want to write and, uh, and she said, and also it might increase your mojo. And I was like, I don't need my mojo to increase. <laughs> <laughs> um, but meanwhile, I said, okay, well, it would be great if it, you know, causes the desire to write. And my sister came to visit that weekend and we went out on Friday night. That was like a Wednesday. We went out mm-hmm. on Friday night and I swear to you, it was like, men were following me around. <laughs> <laughs> This is not normal. Chakra unblocked. (laughs) I know. I was like, oh my God, she wasn't kidding about the mojo. So (laughs) so um, so I spent a great weekend with my sister and um and uh about I don't know, 10 days later, I had this urge to, I just I mean, it was almost like like Uh, like I was a zombie with my arms standing forward stretched out forward and just sort of, Mm -hmm. you know, got up off the couch, went to the desk, sat down and started writing. And, Uh and I had no idea what I was writing and I just kind of vomited out these 12 pages about, um, this this woman who I'd never thought about in my life. And, you know, a main character I had never even considered from her point of view. And, um, and and in those twelve pages, the the main character and and this man that she's with are standing in the they're standing in the lobby of the um, Roosevelt Hotel, which is up on Hollywood Boulevard, right across from mm-hmm. the um, Kodak Theater, where they have the Oscars every year. Mm-hmm. And it's an old hotel, and uh, it used to be really really crappy, like in the nineties, and okay. uh, and in the early two thousands, and I. I, I, I realized that while the energy healer was doing that session on me, I had this sort of flashback of standing in that lobby at Christmas time. Um, it, before it was re, uh, renovated into this gorgeous, you know, five-star hotel. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I realized that. So while she was doing that, I had a flashback of standing in that lobby and, in the 12 pages that just came flowing out of me, 10 days later, the characters were in that lobby. It was so weird. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't really, yeah. I, and I, I didn't know what to make of it. And I sort of just sat on the, the 12 pages for a few days. And then, and, then, uh, and then maybe a week later, I sat down and wrote 60 more pages. And, and then I didn't touch it for like eight months. And then I wrote another hundred pages really fast. And then I kind of forgot about it again for, I don't know, another six months. And then I chopped out 80 pages and then, <laughs> and so, so over four years, it was sort of like, I know, right. Oh, four years. I kind of, you know, every few months I would take a look at this thing and go, ah, eh, maybe this, I don't know, maybe that. And, but then during the pandemic, it I just I, I it was again it was that zombie like thing where one day mm-hmm. I just sat down and it was like oh I'm gonna finish this book right now yeah and just, finish it's just the one book day right you just then. suddenly get the urge that you have
0: to write I understand that
1: yes and then it all came out and then I and then I was stunned because it's such a beautiful story and um and I'm I, I'm super proud of it and I'm very excited excited about it um. I'm currently searching for a a new literary agent Mm -hmm. and um, my first two novels were young adult novels. And this novel, my main character is 38. So it's a little bit different. And so I'm searching for um, a new literary agent. And, uh, and that's been really interesting to query agents because um, in normal life, you know, you can go to retreats and workshops and, um, um, writers, uh, conventions and things like that and, mm-hmm. and meet with agents and sort of, or hear them speak and then pitch them and, and really figure out who might be a good fit for your work. And with, during the pandemic, it's been like, well, let me see what she tweets about,
0: <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> you know, how do you, get it's a new way to stalk agent agents when, when yes. you can't do any of those things. Yes. And it's so weird. So that's Mm -hmm. been a really strange process, um, you know, pitching this book. So, so yeah, that's kind of what's happening with that.
0: (laughs) So now that you're on the road, what does your writing routine look like? How do you, how are you structuring that time or fitting it in?
1: Well, it's, that is such a great question because, you know, it's been a little bit different with every trip. So um, during the, during the Bonaire trip, uh, because I was in one place, um, I, I've been writing a story or, and and my blog posts are all different. Sometimes it's a story about something that happened. Other times Mm -hmm. it might be reflections about what I'm feeling. And other times it's a poem or, or, you know, um, or just a, a snippet sort of short slice of life. Um, and I, I, I was writing them and posting them probably like every three days, this Ireland trip has been very different because we've been on the road and driving around the entire time. Right. And, um, and so I, I, I didn't write at all this week. I mean, I've been like, you know, standing over the cliffs of Moor and, uh, you know, or at the book of Kells or, um, at trinity college or you know in a pub at a stag party so Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) i've really been thrown off so i am returning to the states tomorrow and i will be um i will be back on schedule again so i do think (laughs) it's going to vary
0: yeah i was thinking plus in the in the dublin (laughs) trip you've got a friend with you so you're spending time with your friend rather than that excess time that you're spending when you would normally be on your own and possibly writing is just, you're connecting with another person.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And with, and with other people, I, 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 I cannot express how lovely and wonderful the Irish people have been mm-hmm. everywhere we go. It's, it, I mean, they, they just walk straight up. Like, like the other night we were in a pub and, a hurling team. Now we didn't know what a hurling team was, I don't um, either. but you know, this woman came up to us and said, well, so she said, you need to go outside and be with the hurling team. Cause they were all out there and singing and, you know, and, and stomping around and mm-hmm. having like a, a grand time. Right. And we said, what's a hurling team? <laughs> she said, you know, they know how to use a stick. <laughs> and we were like, what? <laughs> you know. And so she, and it's a stick and a basket and a ball, and so we said lacrosse, and she said I don't know, and so you know now <laughs> we're go- we're googling hurling, trying to figure out you know right. what it is that these people do, and then five minutes later, someone from the hurling team comes over. Hey, you ladies from the U.S., you know, and then it's like then we're sitting with them and and having a, a you know a few hours long conversation and talking about just. just Everything. They're so warm and friendly, and and mm-hmm. and constantly inviting us to do things. I mean, I I really was just invited up to some woman's art gallery. She,
0: oh, I have an art gallery upstairs. Do you want to see? <laughs> well, yes, I want to see. The answer is always yes. You know, right? Never say. Well, in case it looks weird and scary and holding a knife, you probably should say no. Then, but otherwise, yes. Say yes to everything. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. To everything but
1: shots. That's our rule. <laughs>
0: so how are you finding how is this trip inspiring you like where's the creativity coming from
1: well I think it's really this this has been it's a combination of things here in Ireland Mm -hmm. um the architecture is amazing and Mm -hmm. all of these all of these arches and ancient buildings and, and just churches we went to this place called Kylamore Abbey, which is in um, the Connemara region of, uh, I mean, I don't even know, but um, Mm -hmm. you sort of in the Western part of the country. And, and it was this, this, it was a a family home for um, um, I think they were, no, she wasn't a Duchess. I'm not sure, but the, the The family that lived there, I know I'm not, I'm not being too descriptive here, but the family that lived there, it was on the water and it's in the mountains. And so there's this amazing river flowing and these gorgeous mountains and there are sheep Mm -hmm. everywhere. And this home, you know, looks like Downton Abbey and, and then, and then, uh, and this woman that lived there was, was an amazing philanthropist and she helped everyone in the community and was always you know helping to educate people and clothe people and feed people and you know she was just a, a a a a true kind giver and she ended up dying and uh and so then her husband erected this spanish church or, or I, I mean it looks like a spanish church i'm right. probably saying that wrong never mind it's this gorgeous <laughs> gorgeous church on the property down this like path where everything is so green it looks like it came from a fairy land and you know you walk in the church and it's like oh you know like this incredible uh, serene calming energy and 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 so I don't know it's kind of like you're on holy land but but I don't mean that in terms of like holy catholicness more like it's just sacred it just felt really sacred Mm -hmm. and so many places in Ireland just feel really I don't know, sacred. And then you combine that with the people who are so incredibly kind and this scenery and animals
0: grazing everywhere. And I don't know, it's just (laughs)
1: been so beautiful.
0: (laughs) So maybe it's less inspiration, and more just like atmosphere that you're just drinking in and will eventually put down in some form or another somewhere else.
1: That's exactly it. It's always going to come. It's, it's always going to, to um, seep into something else. It's a, I actually wrote a blog post about this um, while I was in Bonaire, but um, when I was a kid, my mom always used to, whenever we would see something kind of like, you know, amazing, right. Mm-hmm. Someone's doing something that's kind that's, that's, that feels magical in a way, or something's happening. That's sort of, oh, you know, she right. would always kind of She would put her, her hand on my arm and say, save this, you know, Uh and because she knew that I would somehow, I would somehow write about it someday. And, and like you just said, it's, you know, you drink it in now and then it comes out in subtle bits and pieces and stories later. And, um, and I really haven't had the opportunity to travel much uh, in, you know, before now, Mm-hmm. I mean, I've traveled a lot domestically, pretty much almost every state, but I haven't traveled around the world. Um, so, you know, it's really big and exciting and and fun for me. And just noticing the subtle difference between cultures and the people. Uh, for example, in Bonaire, a lot of it, it's a it's a Dutch um, island, and mm-hmm. a lot of the tourists there or the visitors, I should say um, are Dutch. And, um, and yes, we met some, I met some, some really kind and friendly Dutchies. They call themselves the Dutchies. Um, yeah. And, but the majority, you know, weren't coming up and starting conversations the way the Irish are. So like last Uh night, a a guy came up and, and, and started talking. And at one point he said, you know, we're Irish. We'll talk to the wall. So, (laughs) (laughs) and 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 it's and it made me think oh you know this is a country I'd want to come back to because these people make me feel so good and welcome Mm -hmm. you know being here and so moments like those and things like that always translate into stories it always somehow I don't it, it, it always somehow comes up when I'm least expecting it it's like It's like the, it's like the moment with the energy healer while, you know, while she's clearing this thing, I don't realize I'm having a flashback about being in the lobby of that hotel, but somehow 10 days later, I write about these people in that hotel. It's, you know, those things, those moments always show up and it's just such a wonderful, beautiful, magical part of being a writer.
0: Uh-huh. You get to like put those little interjections of something you've experienced and hopefully make it like a more, I don't know, realistic atmosphere.
1: Yes. And it's always subconscious. Like you, I don't even know mm. I'm doing it. Right. And then, and then it, yeah. And then you write it and you go, wow, I did that.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's always funny too, for me, like, um, like I'm outlining my next novel right now. And I was sitting on the couch talking to my husband last night and I'm like, Oh my God, I have a thing I do like in every novel. I didn't realize it till now. It's just, you know, it's those weird things that you've experienced and you're putting in because you like them and they're good things. And then they just come out. And then if you're in my case, somehow you do it in every one, you just don't know it.
1: Amazing.
0: (laughs) It's not weird. Amazing, but it's so cool when you see it, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. You can follow the threads like, oh, that's in that one and that one in there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's cool. (laughs) So how did you get started as a writer? Like, how did did you just, how did you begin? So um, I, (laughs) so I, um,
1: when I was a little kid, um, there was a lot of, there was a lot of fighting going on at my house. And so Mm -hmm. I would, I would hide with a book. Uh And, um, and so that really created a love of book. I was an average, I mean, just, you know, I just, Devoured books as a kid, and yes. um, yeah, I'm sure you did too. I mean, mm-hmm. most most writers are are cuckoo about books. Right. So, um, so for me, that was the start of it. And then I actually, um, I did terribly in high school, and uh, I went to a, an, a college inter- interview. I mean, woefully underprepared, and uh-huh. thank God it was the 80s because, like, or the 90s. I guess it was 90. Um, because you couldn't get away with this now at all, but, um, I went to interview at Emerson college and, uh, and they asked me what I wanted to major in. And, you know, of course I'm thinking like boys, you know, um, (laughs) (laughs) and so, you know, I completely unprepared and, Mm -hmm. uh, and so they said, well, we really loved your essay. And so I said, writing, I'd like to be a writer, you know, (laughs) that was (laughs) you know, that was my answer. And, um, and I went, and so I started to take sort of like introductory writer writing classes my freshman year and, and realized I really loved it. And Emerson had an incredible writing program in that they actually taught you how to write and they taught you how to make money as a writer. So,
0: oh, wow. Most uh, people don't teach that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, and I actually took a course, it was called, um, um, writing for magazines because in the, in the 90s, Um, obviously there were real magazines with real pages. And, um, and so one of my assignments was to pitch a magazine, a story to a magazine. So I pitched a story to 17 magazine. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I mean, like typed it out on my brother word processor and put it into a manila or an envelope and sent it to New York. And, um, and I got a letter back saying that, it wasn't the right story for them, but you know, the editor really liked my writing and she asked me to send her more pitches. So I did, I, you know, I, yeah, it was amazing. I hung the letter on the refrigerator. I was so excited. (laughs) Looked at it every morning. I was like, I'm going to be a writer. So I pitched her and pitched her and pitched her. And three years later, she finally took a story. Um, and so Uh, and that was my first, I, and I had been published in a couple smaller, like regional magazines before that, but that was my Mm -hmm. first, um, national story. And, um, and then I developed a relationship with that editor at 17. And so, you know, she would call me and say, um, do you have a story about summer love? And what about a story (laughs) about going to college? And what about a story about, you know, uh, being bullied, you know? And so I would write all these stories for her. It was amazing. And at the time it was great pay. You know, it was a dollar a word and these stories, I know. Right. And these stories were like, you know, 1500, 2000 words, sometimes 3000 words. Mm -hmm. And, um, this is when people actually used to read. And I I um, imagine I probably read a story of yours or two. Maybe. I mean, yeah, maybe. And, um, and, and at the time, you know, I was living with a bunch of girls in Hollywood and my rent was $220 a month. So like, you know, when I got, when I sold a story, $2,000, uh, that kind of money, I was good for four months. So
0: mm-hmm. it, right, it was fantastic. And <laughs> oh my God, your rent was only 250. Holy crap.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It was awesome. Hollywood in the '90s was awesome.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness! I don't think I've ever paid only two fifty for any kind of rent in my life. I, I know, I know. Well, I mean, I did live in a room that
1: was technically a sunroom, but um, <laughs> right. <laughs> but you know, I didn't care. My friends lived there, so <laughs> right. We were all good.
0: So on on this crazy ass trip of yours uh what's something you yeah (laughs) what's one thing you experienced that you did not expect to happen I mean I I I I mean (laughs) I feel like you can name like 5,000 of them but just let's let's pick one or two yeah um well
1: I didn't I didn't expect to hang out with the bachelor party in Galway um oh we also got kicked out of a hotel so um (laughs) Are you 16? What's going on here? It felt like it. Oh my God. Yeah. So and what was so funny is that like, so so we were in this, um, we were in this pub in Galway and it had live music, which was so great because you know, none of us have seen live music in two years or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so uh we sat down and and uh, and we happen to sit next to this bachelor party full of guys who have been drinking uh-huh. for like, you know, eight hours and they right. can, or eight days. Yeah. Know, something. Yeah. Or, yeah. Something like that. Right. <laughs> so we all start chatting and they tell us it's a stag party and they're, and they introduce each other. And then they're all, they're all so excited to tell us where we have to go in Ireland and where we can't go in Ireland. and Oh, you, okay. you're going the wrong way, you know? And uh... anyway, so we have about a thousand Guinness with them and end up dancing to the music and all this stuff and um but Galway uh, is closing at 11 o'clock because of COVID so Uh everything was shutting down and they said um oh you know what we can because they were staying in some hotel somewhere and they were saying that they had extra bar privileges late at night because of um because they were staying there and they were like, Oh, we'll sneak you in. We can get it. So we're like, okay. I mean, like, <laughs> okay. really, we're, we're acting like, you know, and at one point the guys I asked the guy I was talking to, I said, how old is the groom? And he said, he said 30. And he said, how old are you? And I said, 49. And he said, and then he held up three fingers and he said, 39. <laughs> I said, no, 49. <laughs> I held up four fingers. No, 49. And, and he looked at me and he said, you don't look like you're 49. <laughs> Well, that was nice of him. Yes, it was very nice of him. I think he was a little shocked. I said, I said I could be your mother. <laughs> so, anyway, we end up getting in this taxi with the, with these, you know, I don't know, 30 year olds and going over to this hotel. And we walk into the hotel and a man chases us out. You're not staying here. You don't have a room here. Get out, you know. And so then we're like oh my god we got thrown out of a hotel like we're
0: 16 years old right this is it was hilarious crazy stories oh my god
1: <laughs> yeah we don't act like we're 49
0: <laughs> <laughs> clearly not <laughs> so it's, i didn't expect that to happen <laughs> no i i i i don't think i would ever expect to get thrown out of a hotel either <laughs> But I'm that weird type A personality that would probably never do that, no matter what. <laughs> well, there you go. I <laughs> just have to go to Ireland. That's all I have to do. And I'll get thrown out of a hotel. Yep. <laughs> so what's one piece of advice you would give a new author from this point in your life? You know, I
1: would say just don't compare yourself to anyone else or their process or their rules, you know, like you were just talking about how you're outlining a new novel. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. Oh, wow, that's so awesome. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a pantser. So uh, you know, I've tried pantsing. It doesn't work for me. Well, but see, it, an outlining doesn't work for me. right? So yeah.
0: Everybody has their own way of
1: doing it. Yeah. Yes. And I think that, you know, someone who's just starting out can get so hung up on, am I supposed to do this? Am I supposed to do that? You know, mm-hmm. they can get overwhelming. Your... Yeah. It gets overwhelming. And then, and then you start comparing your writing to other people's writing and everybody's writing is different and everybody's story is different. And even if you hear a story, you know, that's another thing when someone, someone will say, well, you know, so and so's writing a story about, a woman who goes to Ireland and and gets thrown out of a hotel and I can't write the same story. And, and the answer to that is you can, because, you know, your, your version of what, of of the woman who gets thrown out of the hotel in Ireland is going to be totally completely different than someone else's version of the woman who gets thrown out of the hotel in Ireland. Mm -hmm. And, and I, and I think that everyone just gets so, so worried about um other people's stories and other people's work that um that that you can really get derailed from telling your own story I hope that makes sense I'm not really sure it does no
0: it 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 does I and I agree like sometimes it feels like you can even get like derailed from yourself like you get Mm -hmm. so lost in what somebody else is doing and then somehow you end up like kind of copying their voice even maybe without meaning to that you can get Mm -hmm. lost and you just have to remember that I don't know take a break and write in your in your own voice in your own style
1: yes and do it however you do it like you know how I wrote that the all the moments in between I mean it came in spurts over four years Mm -hmm. you know after seeing an energy healer like what? you know, whereas right. fingerprints came in, you know, I don't know, six, seven months. So did uh-huh. choosing tally, you know, they just came out real fast and, and, and just flowed. And so it doesn't, it doesn't matter how it happens. It just ma- matters how it, you know, that it happens. I right. guess that's, it just matters yeah. that you
0: complete the journey that you don't yeah. stop halfway through or get mm-hmm. depressed that you're, isn't, maybe as quote-unquote good as somebody else is, you know, that kind of stuff.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: <laughs> so what was the biggest failure you'd say you've experienced on this trip?
1: On this trip?
0: Well, just kind of in this whole getting creativity during the pandemic trip in general. Mm. Um, you know...
1: I really feel like during the pandemic, it was very difficult to shut out all the noise. Um, mm, yes. You know, because so many other things were happening besides coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, especially if you're living in the U.S., uh, it's a very tumultuous. Very turbulent. Yes, it's yes, a great word. Turbulent, ugly, angry, um, divisive time. And, and, st- and it was really really, really, really difficult to shut all of that out. Um, that was another question, you know, during a conversation with my amazing energy healer cars, Mm -hmm. Chan, by the way. Um, (laughs) but you know, um, you know, another, another thing that she had asked was, you know, um, you know, what is invading your life? Um, everything. Yeah. Right. But, but when you really, kind of sit and think about that you know what is it that's invading my life mm-hmm. um there was so much even though we were all isolated and and shut off we were so not shut yeah off, we were like you know? hyper connected through like the internet yes and it was just terrifying and it was so invasive it was like you know even even when um uh Okay, so for example, at my, at my father's house, right? So my, my father watches Fox News and Sean Hannity and Tucker Carlson okay. like, you know, every night and my stepfather would watch, you know, Rachel Maddow um, okay, every night. so two, two opposite bed. ends there, yeah. Two opposite ends there, right? And I said to both of them, let's think about why we're doing this. What's happening here? You know, why in the world would any of us sit down every night for an hour and let someone tell us who to be mad at.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Let someone tell us what to be mad about. Like, what are we doing? Turn it off. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, and it doesn't matter like what direction it's coming from or, you know, what is being pumped Mm -hmm. at us. But but it's so important for every single one of us to to really sort of ask, what is it that's invading my life? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and what am I going to do to turn it off?
0: Right. And on the other, on the same, like same side of the, a different side of the same coin, it's just like, what's important to me and how can I concentrate on that?
1: Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, yes. So, so for me, it was uh, back to your original question about, you know, what was really difficult to, to, um, um, or what were some of the things that were blockages to being, you Mm -hmm. know, to creativity during the pandemic yeah, you know, those things were, it was really, really hard to break through those things in order to actually get creative. I also think it was really, you know, I don't know if you heard this, I'm sure because you're a writer, but Mm -hmm. so many people were saying like, you know, oh, it was during, you know, the pandemic of of 1453 that so-and-so wrote, you know, the Bible or whatever, but like, (laughs)
0: I did not hear that.
1: (laughs) No, but it wasn't. I'm sorry. I'm not saying it right. But, you Uh know, like some of the greatest works,
0: it was like, it was,
1: you know, it was like, oh, Shakespeare wrote Hamlet during a, you know, Uh during a pandemic. And it was sort of like, okay, so what are you saying? You you know, we're supposed to pump out our greatest works right now because there's a pandemic. Like, then there's pressure to do that. It's like, (laughs) hey, man, I'm just trying to live here. (laughs) Right. Like, I'm I'm just trying not to die. Like... (laughs) You know, know, that's some, can...
0: that's something I've been thinking about, and I think I've probably mentioned it on the podcast and other episodes, but it's like, with this pandemic, I wonder how many people started finally writing the story they had in their head for a long time, or how many people finally finished their book? Like, I just, oh, yeah. I kind of want the, like, the weird geek in me wants to know those numbers. Uh, I totally get what you're saying, and it would be fascinating to find uh-huh. out. Uh-huh. Because and I, like, so I many I wonder people... how like our publishers really overloaded right now because everybody's submitting the novel they finally finished. Uh, you know, I actually
1: saw. I, I mean, to to that note, because I have been querying agents that agents have been absolutely overloaded with queries during during the pandemic. Okay, so maybe they did. You know, yeah. maybe everybody did finally finish their novel. I don't know. It's Yeah, such everybody a great question. was
0: furloughed from work, homes, like stuck at home in front of a computer, and maybe they decided to do something rather Mm -hmm. than like me just binge watch Netflix shows.
1: Oh, well, I mean, (laughs) that was so fun though, right? It was,
0: yes. (laughs) I did too. Watched way too much TV, ate way too many desserts. And then if I'm like, fine, I guess I'll finish this story. Oh my God. (laughs) I, I i laugh about it but no I, I love writing writing's like the sanity point in my day
1: yeah well what about you i mean so what's your schedule like with writing uh
0: well my schedule is laid out every minute from five thirty to nine o'clock every day nine o'clock at really? night really yeah well i've got that's incredible well i've got the podcast i've got i had and i schedule it two two hours of writing every day and i've got two young kids and they need to be picked up at different times from different schools and then you know it's just life it just snowballs and eventually i'm like wait a second where's the time where i unwind <laughs> like where's yeah. that so yes. that has become my writing like the writing is my sanity moment
1: Wow. That's really cool. And it's really, you know, it's amazing that, that you are so, um, I don't want to use the word disciplined with it because discipline sounds like it's an awful thing, but that you are (laughs) so, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Uh Strict? persistent i don't know
0: persistent or I, don't know. Consistent. I understand what you're trying to say yes yeah i mean
1: just so consistent with it because you know again i'm i'm not i mean you know mm-hmm. I'll, I'll start writing
0: something and then i won't
1: touch it for six months you know
0: <laughs> so. right oh oh no mm-hmm. i mean i i i have like three novels usually in the works at all the time just so i can have something to bounce around to if you know like you need that mental break sometimes you know uh-huh yes yeah so i work that way but yeah i basically. 9 30 to 11 30 that's basically me time and i just wow. sit down and write as many words as i can and then i have to get up and get my son from preschool and on the day starts again
1: wow that's so great good for you
0: oh thank you i'm usually exhausted by eight o'clock but yeah that, that's oh, my would... day
1: yeah no that's that's yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: I've stunned you into silence well that's intense that's a lot I don't know if you it, know how busy you are Deb but you're busy yes I, I, de- I definitely know how busy I am I know
1: that. oh, that's busy
0: <laughs> yeah, usually, usually the things that lag are like the dishes like they won't get done for days and days and at least, I, I'm so glad I have a family who understands well right now the kids don't care they just don't care except my mm. four-year-old today said mom there's a lot of dishes and I'm like yeah thanks baby yeah, I'll get around to those. <laughs> He's four. <laughs> like, oh, just stop nagging God. me. Go do your tablet time. <laughs> oh well. <wow. laughs> <laughs> so, uh, final question before we get into our goodbyes, because we're getting to the end of our hour here. Um, what's one lesson that being an author has taught you that you think everybody should learn at some point in their life?
1: just try it
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's great i love that
1: <laughs> you know people are so afraid to try the thing you mm-hmm. know right i mean how many this this must happen to you all the time right you meet someone and they say what do you do and you say i'm an author and they say oh my god i have a story you should write my story
0: mm. and yes and then, right uh-huh and then you think usually some old no. dude at the hospital or something yeah <laughs> exactly and uh, but but the answer to that is no you
1: should write your story mm-hmm. you know right. and 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 people are so afraid to do the thing whether it's write the story or paint that painting or take that trip or
0: mm-hmm. you know
1: try that new dance class or whatever right. it is
0: just get just thai try food it. for the first time yeah i know
1: yes just try
0: it just that's try excellent it. advice I feel like you should have that printed up and put on t-shirts and just give to people. (laughs) Okay, maybe. (laughs) Well, you should definitely make that one of your rules for while you're traveling. Yes, I think it will be one of the rules. Yeah. Yeah. Just just try it. I don't care if it's a bug on a stick. Just just try it.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm not going to eat that. I'm going to be honest.
0: (laughs) Honestly, I probably wouldn't either, but that's okay. (laughs) Exactly So finally, um, where can listeners uh, where can they get a copy of your books your, your two that are out right now. So they can
1: find uh, fingerprints and choosing tally on Amazon or, mm-hmm. and Barnes and Noble and all that kinds of good stuff um, right. they can go to SuzanneCasamento.com and and the, there are links to uh, buy the books there mm-hmm. and also obviously the blog and all my my all my musings are uh-huh. there too. And uh and then of course there's um links to all my social media. I'm actively posting on on um Instagram and Twitter and I love Twitter. I'm I'm such a I don't know if you're on art. yes you are the podcast yes, I am. Uh huh. Yeah. And uh I don't know. I I just love it with words and I and I'm always <laughs> writing these weird stories on within 240 characters on twitter right
0: it's so um, hard to fit that in in 240 characters. i can honestly find myself running out of room <laughs> oh definitely all the time yeah. but that's, the, that's it's the a problem down. with writers i imagine <laughs> yes it is
1: it is yeah but all the links are there and i would love for anyone to connect it would be super fun that's always fun to connect with readers
0: all right Well, I will definitely, I think I already have followed you, but in case I haven't, I'm going to double check and make sure I have, because I like to follow all my guests. Fantastic. Thank you. (laughs) Plus I want to see what you're getting up to in Ireland.
1: Yes. Yes. Well, that's all over the Instagram. So yeah, but it's been so fun to just, you know, post all the pictures and share the experiences. Mm -hmm.
0: Now you said you're coming back to the U S tomorrow i am and are you back here for a while or are you jetting back off again somewhere else i'm gonna be
1: here for a little bit for uh, um for a while i'm probably gonna um bounce around the east coast for a while until um the holidays through the holidays Mm -hmm. and then couch um, surf on family yes a little couch surfing on family i'm also reconnecting with a lot of um friends from college. So like this weekend, nice. I'm going out to Cape Cod with friends from college and I'll be in Boston a few days this week. And, um, and then I'll go and see some friends in New Jersey in November. And, um, and then, I'm and then, uh, in the spring I'll be heading out to California, but I've, I've already booked some. So what I realized in, in mm-hmm. Bonaire, I, I, I realized, you know, I should really figure out how to how to integrate this writing and traveling. And it was like, Oh my God, go to writer's retreats. Like it was this,
0: right. Like this moment of duh,
1: you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, so I started to book, I'm starting to research those and book a few so far. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I found one in Greece, um, in June. That's, it's a retreat and then a residency and a total of 18 days in June. Nice. And, um,
0: I've always wanted to go to Greece.
1: Me too. And then, I
0: mean, to go and write, I'll send you the information.
1: Maybe you can come.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'll just, I'll just drop my five and six year old off with my husband here. You take care of him for like 18 days. Well, the first part's just eight days. So, you know, (laughs) (laughs) it sounds amazing though. I've I've seriously always wanted to go to Greece. The the, the islands are just calling to me. I have to see them at some point in my life. Bucket list, 100%.
1: Yes. Totally bucket list. So that's, so that's the idea. So the idea is to map out, you know, spring and summer in, mm-hmm. in a whole bunch of different countries at, at, different writing retreats and, and to really dig in that way. And, and that, then that's,
0: you know, such an easy way to travel to and, and meet lots of like-minded people. And, right. and it's still... like talking to your peers. That, that's what the podcast is for me. It's talking to my peers.
1: That's so awesome. It's so great that you're doing this podcast. Well, thank you. <laughs> it, like it really it. is. I, I know. Well, and I started listening to episodes going, this is genius. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking what a good idea. You yeah. Know? Well,
0: it's the podcast I always wanted to listen to, but I just couldn't find the version of it that I liked. So I was like, hell it hell. I'm just going to start doing it. Yes. Just try it. Exactly. <laughs> just, just go for it. Yeah. Yep. And it's working. It's amazing. Yes. It, although it is a full-time job though, that I don't get paid for.
1: Yeah, no, it's a lot of work. Six
0: hours in the sucker every day. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work.
1: It's a lot of work. So thank you for doing it.
0: Well, thank you for being on. You were a lovely guest and I love talking to you today.
1: Thank you. I love talking to you too.
0: (laughs) Well, you have a wonderful rest of your, what is it in Dublin right now? Evening. It is evening. Yes okay and um, I was about ready to say afternoon but I think yeah evening all right <laughs> it's evening I'm sure I'll end up in some some castle pub. with some group of people <laughs> drinking something yep. and getting thrown out of somewhere probably yep uh-huh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and be mistaken for 39 again
1: exactly god bless that kid <laughs>
0: well you have a great evening and i look forward to catching up with you on social media
1: great thank you i look
0: forward to catching up with you too thanks bye bye so join me next time when i'm going to talk to lily iona mckenzie about her path to publishing until then keep reading keep writing and go do what you do best you got this Read and Write Podcast is edited and produced by Deborah Ziebarth. Theme music was written and performed by Jay Hunger. Audio effects were created by Red Octopus and Black River Phonogram. Show notes and previous episodes can be found at readandwritepodcast.com. Special thanks to Suzanne Casamento and all subscribers who make this podcast possible. And that's it. Thank you for listening to the show. If you like what you're hearing, make sure to rate Read&Write on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you have a suggestion for a future episode, drop me a line. I'm always open to suggestions. Also, did you know that Read&Write publishes three episodes a week? Check out the podcast YouTube channel for Write With Me Monday's live streams and 30-second book reviews on Fridays.